The British Constitution provides that taxation and representation shall go together. Therefore, women taxpayers are entitled to vote. I have a dream today. Let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. Hello. Welcome to episode 18 of Only Human. Uh, today we're going to talk about deviance. Deviance, a word that's become synonymous with bad things. You know, we hear about social deviance, criminal deviance, corporate deviance, even sexual deviance. Don't worry, we're not going there. Um, maybe in a future podcast, though, uh, but not right now. So let's start with what I believe is a completely unfair an unbalanced definition of what I think is an innocent word. The online dictionary defines deviance this way. The word deviance connotes odd or unacceptable behavior. In the sociological sense of the word, deviance is any violation of society's norms. Deviance can range from something minor, such as a traffic violation, to something major, such as murder. Stop quote. You know, I got a problem with that. I'm going to come back to my problem with it in a second. But in high-risk endeavors, it also gets a bad rap, right? We hear about this thing called normalization of deviance, which is a phrase coined by uh, Dr. Diane Vaughn, a sociologist, where she was writing about the NASA culture prior to and after the Space Shuttle Challenger tragedy. We're going to talk more about her and normalized deviance here in a little bit. So, okay, here's my problem with this. These definitions are all loaded with a negative. I mean, when we talk about deviations from societal norms, I mean, if I look at societal norms today, they pretty much suck, right? So why wouldn't I want to deviate from them? Is violation of societal norms always a bad thing, right? I mean, of many people, chivalry, loyalty, commitment to marriage, patriotism are violations of society's norms, aren't they? I mean, isn't that what the cancel culture is all about? To me, deviation is simply a word that says we've departed from what others consider normal. And if normal's not good, we can depart in two directions, right? So let me flesh this out with a story, hypothetical story, and you're at the center of it, okay? As you walk into your work, your boss steps out of his office and asks if you got a few minutes to chat. Sure, you reply. Not sure what it's all about, but suddenly on guard, right? You're kind of a bring your lunch bucket to work, get your job done, go home, do your thing. As you step into his office, he tells you to Take a seat. Never a good sign. Boss takes a deep breath. Not another good sign. And he says, you know, we need to talk about a few things. Um, and I want to start with a couple of professionalism and safety issues I've noticed. Oh, it feels like you've been kicked in the gut. And he doesn't go on. He walks to the corner of his office to get a cup of coffee. And it's not the same stuff you drink out on the floor, right? It's hissing and sizzling and Smells delicious, right? 
you start wondering, what is it that I could have possibly done? wonder if he saw me talking on the cell phone during work the other day. I mean, I don't know. Has my, my uniform, my clothes not been as neat and pressed as usual? He fills up his coffee cup and he offers you some. And you decline politely. No longer interested in the smell of the coffee. You're wondering about the future of your career. So he begins. You know, last week I saw you chasing a... Uh, a blowing gum wrapper halfway across the parking lot. I saw you pick it up and then walk uh, a little ways to toss it in the trash on your way in. You know, that was the most professional damn thing I've ever seen around here. And, and you know what else that concerns me? I'm pretty sure it's you that's been submitting all the safety and quality improvement ideas into our anonymous reporting system. You know, I'm guessing it's you because the punctuation and grammar are always correct. And, you know, we don't have a lot of people around here that pay that kind of attention to detail. So you're thinking this is some kind of setup, still waiting for the big hammer to fall. And you dare to ask a question. Y yes, sir. Um, but you said you had some concerns. And he smiles and says, yes, I do. My concern is this. You get paid the same as everybody else. You haven't been recognized for doing these things. And yet you keep doing them. I want to know why. So gobsmacked, you think it's still some kind of trick, right? So you tread lightly and probe a bit deeper. I'm not sure what you're getting at, sir. He responds, what I'm getting at, young lady, is that you have something I want others to have. You give a damn when you don't have to. You go the extra mile when there's no need to. You... Heck, you fix things that other people screw up. Whatever it is inside you, I want to bottle it, and I want to force feed it to everybody else in my company. You know, I don't know. That may be a little too weird. But you see what this illustration makes clear is that deviance happens at both ends of the performance spectrum. But most of us only ever look at the bottom. And that's a mistake. And it leads us to our blue threat Proverb of the week. Today, it's blue threat proverb number 14. The risk is not where you think it is. The risk is not where you think it is. Now, that's a little play on words. First of all, if you're thinking about a risk, you're at least aware of it. And so what you need to be looking at is what you're not looking at. A little oxymoron human factor stuff there. The risk is not where you think it is. When we're talking about deviance, there's the risk of normalized negative deviance, to be sure. And we're going to talk about that, like I said, in just a moment. But there's also a risk to not recognizing and leveraging positive deviance. It's a risk of lost opportunity. It's a risk of lost cultural improvement. It's a, a risk of losing efficiency, effectiveness, employee engagement, excellence, all those things we claim we want. And somewhere out there, Somebody's doing something better than the rest, but we're not looking for it, and that's a mistake. But wait, there's more. For the first time in the history of the Only Human podcast, we are going to have a second Blue Threat proverb, a second one, double the money, same price. Or wait, that's wrong. 
Double the value, same price. I could never be on one of those uh, ShamWow commercials, I guess. Uh, but it's Blue Threat Proverb number 18. Grow or die. Grow or die. There's The way I like to get at this Blue Threat Proverb is looking at uh, the three states of energy in the world, right? Or in the cosmos, for that matter. Uh, there's dynamic energy, which is growing and getting more powerful. There's the opposite of that, which is entropic energy or entropy, which is decaying and getting weaker. And then there's something called static energy or stasis. And what stasis is, is that, at least in my humble opinion, that momentary time when we're switching from decaying entropic energy to dynamic energy or reverse when it's stable, right? It's not growing. It's not getting weaker. It's just staying the same. Okay, pop quiz. Which of these is the most common form of energy in the universe? Is everything growing? Is it pretty much static? Uh, I won't make you Google it. It's entropy. The decay toward chaos. It's the natural state of the cosmos. And in my humble opinion, it's also the natural state of most cultures and even personal performance, right? Here's the bottom line on this. If you are not, if we are not intentionally getting better, we are accidentally getting worse. So maybe it's time we normalize some positive deviance. And we're going to get to that in just a minute, right after a word from our sponsor. The COVID pandemic and its aftermath exposed numerous gaps in everything from supply lines to healthcare. On the personal level, we've all felt it in an overall decline in mental health and well-being, whether in ourselves, our loved ones, or friends and co-workers. No one has been spared, but some have bounced back much faster than others. Why are some people better able to bear their accumulating burdens and daily stresses? It's because they've transformed their life experiences into psychological strength. The good news is that you can do this too. Just like physical muscles, we can develop our mental resilience, toughness, and agility if we know how. Welcome to the gym. Armor Knight Psychological Strength Building is a program that will show you how to begin building those mental muscles, armoring you to better deflect the constant barrage of mental arrows that wear you down. Join us on our website at convergentperformance.com and click the link for e-learning to sign up for this exciting program today. So before we get into positive deviance, let's look at what Dr. Vaughn uh, told us normalized deviance is on the negative side of the scale. Normalized deviance is the process in which deviance from correct or proper behavior or rule happens in a negative form and becomes culturally normalized, right? Vaughn defines this process uh, where a clearly unsafe practice becomes considered normal if it does not immediately cause a catastrophe. Okay? Here's her words. A long incubation period before a final disaster where there were early warning signs that were either misinterpreted, ignored, or completely missed. So in, in a wonderful book called The Challenger Launch Decision, um, she goes into this process in detail with specific examples. Um, basically, the Vaughn model of normalized deviance happens in four stages. Stage one. Something's done outside of prescribed limits, but there's no consequence. 
In this particular case with the Challenger or the Space Shuttle program, they had O-rings between the various uh, uh, sections uh, that were only designed to work above a certain temperature, right? outdoor temperature. And one day they had to launch and it was a little bit colder than that temperature. The engineers threw up their hands and said, hey, wait, we're outside of limits. And they said, yeah, it doesn't look bad. Let's go. <clears throat> and they launched successfully. And then they continued to do that, right? So stage two is since there was no consequence, um, that behaviors continued. And at this point, the formal definitions, the formal limits have already been a little bit ignored, but people are still aware of them. Somewhere there's a common sense level that they'll, they'll, they'll raise the flag and say, we're not going to do that, right? But stage three happens when the behavior becomes not only accepted, but expected, right? In the Challenger launch decision, they kept launching at colder and colder temperatures. And they said, basically, the engineers were wrong about this. And if you remember on the, the day the Challenger launched, there was literally icicles hanging off the airplane. And the engineers were still saying, man. And they go, yeah, we heard you last time and the time before that and the time before that. Shut up and color, guys. Right. So at this point, the protections provided by the initial prescribed limits are entirely gone. Right? And then stage four, the negative consequence finally happens uh, and everybody's held accountable. And you get a big book written uh, about you that describes the sequence and the behaviors that all these highly trained professionals made. What's what's fascinating about this, that especially at NASA, uh, many years later, it happens all over again with Space Shuttle Columbia. But instead of on launch, it happens on reentry. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Enough on normalized deviance on the negative end. I want to turn this upside down. I want to look at what would normalized deviance look like on the positive side. Back to our example, the boss calls you in and says, most professional damn person I've ever seen. I want to bottle it, right? How would, how would someone or some organization do that? Well, I went to Dr. Vaughn's uh, thing and I decided I'd have four stages of normalized positive deviance. All right, stage one, someone does something that's well above the standard. They, they go the extra mile. They chase that gum wrapper across the thing, something more significant probably. Someone notices. Stage two, someone notices. And they, they ask why and how this was done. Like I mentioned earlier, there's somebody out there with the same resources that everybody else has that's doing it better. If we look for that, back to Blue Threat Proverb, the risk is not where you think it is. If we're, we're looking always down, where are we doing things wrong? Instead of looking up and saying, hey, Who's doing it better with the same resources? We can capture those opportunities and lower those risks, right? So stage one, somebody does something that's well above the standard. Stage two of the normalization of positive deviance is somebody sees it and decides to ask why and how that was done. So stage three is this newly discovered best practice is recognized publicly, it's rewarded, and it doesn't have to be a you know cash award or a certificate, it could be that million dollar handshake, that call in the offer of a cup of coffee and say, man, I, I think you're doing great stuff. I wanna understand more. Publicly rewarded 
and then shared with others. Stage three, newly discovered best practice, recognized publicly, rewarded, and shared with others. Now the seed for positive deviance has been planted beyond that individual and up into the organization. Stage four, the process continues, creating an uplifting wave of innovation and improvement across the organization, not just in that one area, right? Because once people see that new ideas are not going to be shunned, even if they deviate from societal or cultural norms, they're going to want to be part of that, right? Look, deviance is a powerful force, both for the negative, but also for the positive. And rather trying to stomp it out and to create a homogenized world of soulless robots, homogenized mediocrity, let's embrace the people that are deviant in a positive manner. And let's recognize them. And let's plant those seeds out there and practices. Okay, I'm pretty much done with preaching. It's time for the takeaways, and there's only three of them. Key takeaways. Um, number one, deviance isn't a four-letter word, and uh, we can't unfairly label it as a negative one. While we always tend to think of it that way, we need to change our mindset. Takeaway number two, while we need to keep a close eye on negative deviance, right? Normalized deviance is huge out there. And uh, every organization I go to, one of the exercises I, I ask them to do is identify at least two or three areas of normalized deviance. And then I'll walk through a process to help you get rid of those. Right? But I'm going to start doing the other thing as well. So I'd like you to recognize two or three areas of positive deviance and, and work with you to to add that into your innovation and improvement. Problem with that one is, is that typically normalized deviance is dealt with, with discipline, with punishment. Um, sometimes big data comes in and, and defines some things that you might do. We change a policy, we add a procedure, and you can't deal with positive deviance the same way. So the people that are out there in these senior positions, safety managers, quality managers, executives, They've always been raised in this world that deviance is bad, right? So we're going to have to kind of maybe grow a new kind of leadership or at least uh, convince people out there to look at it a little bit differently, right? Uh, so takeaway number three, when we see positive deviance, we have to recognize it for the opportunity that it is. We have to capture it. And then we have to fan the flames into our culture or into our personal lives. So I guess I'll wrap it up this way. We need more deviants in this world. They make life and work more interesting, and they might just be the, the key we need to keep our cultures, our performance, and our passion alive. All right, so until next time, keep sharing what we're doing with any and all you think might be interested. Um, I, I know a few of you every week share this. Uh, we're really trying to grow this podcast because, because I think it is really powerful with some new ideas to help people do things better and become more engaged with their lives. So I'm going to ask a specific thing of you if you're watching today. Share this podcast on your Facebook or your LinkedIn or any other social media site you have with just a, a kind word or two if you feel so inclined. It says, hey, this one's different. You really need to look at this because while if one or two of you 
share it every week. It slowly gets out there. If I could ask that everybody share it on this specific week, I think we have an opportunity to really explode this across the world. So until next time, please keep the feedback coming and I will see you soon.